Welcome to Rachel Talks Technique, the show where we dig into the Ballet B Fit method. Rachel Talks Technique brings you learnings, techniques, and experiences from special guests. Our passion is to help you pursue yours. Here's your host, Rachel Withers. Hi, guys, and welcome to Ballet B Fit's live stream, and welcome to my series, Rachel Talks Technique. This is episode two, class planning, where we will dive into various topics surrounding planning a Ballet B Fit class, or actually a group exercise class. I'm Rachel Withers, I'm the founder and CEO of Ballet B Fit, and just a massive thanks for joining us today. This series will dive into all things techniques, really from my learnings and also from the learnings of my special guests. So thank you so much for being here. Um, at Bally Befit, it really is our passion to pursue yours. And it's our mission to help ladies and gentlemen to turn their passion for ballet and fitness into a profitable business. And it's our passion to build a Ballet Befit community, a Ballet Befit family, where we can add value to people's lives and really make a difference and make a contribution. So it'd be really great if you could say hello in the chat box and just let me know why you've chosen to join us tonight and tell me what you love about ballet, dance and fitness. So please like, share and follow. Um, it'd be really great to hear from you. So uh, welcome to tonight's live stream. Okay, so let's get started with talking about class planning. We're going to be talking about how to effectively and efficiently plan classes. And I'll be sharing tips on how to mix your exercises and your classes and really adapt exercises. So please really do say hi in the chat box. It's really great to hear from you and uh, please say hello. Tell me why you're here. Tell me what you love about ballet, what you love about fitness. Um, it's really good to know who I'm talking to. So let me just say hello again to the viewers who have just joined us and are here right now. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm Rachel Withers. I'm from Bally Befit. And what's happening right now is we're on Bally Befit's live stream. And this is the series Rachel Talks Technique. This is episode two, class planning. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about how to adapt exercises, how to plan your classes so that you actually spend more time teaching and not all of your time planning your classes. And I'm going to be introducing two guests tonight. I'm going to be introducing Alison and Adele, and they are Bally Be Fit instructors. And they're going to just share their experiences with how they plan their classes. So what I'm going to do now is I'd really love to see who's, you know, who's here. Please say hello. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get straight into the training now and straight into talking about uh, class planning. So I'm now going to share my screen with you. So just bear with me one second while I share screens. Okay, so here we go. So I hope that you can see that. If you can just say, type in a yes or um, a no if you can't, but... Um, Hi, and let's uh, crack on with this then. So what we're going to talk about is, first of all, is the structure of a Ballet Be Fit class. And what that structure is, it is basically 
a warm-up and it is main content and it is it is cool down but what we do at Ballyby Fit is we actually start with posture and alignment before we really even get into the warm-up because what that does is it actually really enables your clients your participants to be really focused on their posture and their alignment and to really think about that throughout the classes so when you're planning um a class it's really important to think let's start with that posture let's focus on that alignment and then develop that into the warm-up then that can move into the main content and then obviously you can then finish with your cool down and your and your stretch and what you really need to consider when you're planning your classes is you need to think about any adaptations that you might need to do for your clients such as if they're older adults or they're juniors or they have a particular injury and as you're obviously onboarding your clients and you're planning your classes that's something that you need to consider so that when you're planning you can think about those adaptations that you may need to do for example if you've got older adults and you're going into the floor work you might consider going into them having this the work being seated so that rather being on the floor they're actually doing the core work seated so these are all the things that you need to consider when you're planning your class and if there's any doubts in terms of the effect that an exercise may have on an injury it's really important that you ask your uh, participants to seek medical advice so that's really important for you to make sure that you consider with your class planning and you really need to think about your clients goals and objectives so maybe perhaps that they're really thinking uh, about they want to be you know working on toning their core strengthening the core or perhaps they have weak upper body so class might be focused on that so when you're planning your classes think about the participants you've got in those classes and think about what, what is the objective of that class what are you going to really focus on so that you can actually really help your participants get something out of the class. Um, so what I'm going to do is I've just really gone through the basic structure of a Ballyby Fit class. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through some tips that really will help make class planning a little easier and really less time consuming. And this is for if you are doing any kind of uh, fitness group exercise class. It's doesn't just have to be associated with a Ballyby Fit class. It's just things that you can really do to really help your class planning. And one of those first things to do is really think of making a library. So my first tip is to keep a library because back in my day, what we did is we had a binder and it was full of all the choreography and the notes and the class plans. And, you know, we were jottering it down and it was all in our notebooks. But it can actually be quite difficult when you refer back to actually remember um, what you've done. And these days you can easily put all your notes on a tablet or a phone. But as I say, it can actually be quite confusing when you look back on old choreography. So what I found and what I really advise my Ballyby Fit instructors to do is create a video library. And then what they can do is they can reference those videos to their lesson plans, their class plans. And you can really do that so easily by using a, you know, a 
phone and iPhone and iPad to record your um, choreography and your exercises. And what I tend to do is I tend to store them on an external hard drive. So obviously you're not really using loads of memory upon your computer or on your phone. But what you can also do if you don't have an external hard drive is you can use either Google Drive or Dropbox. And it really does by recording your choreography, re recording your exercises, it makes it so much easier to refer back. And if you've got it on some form of cloud storage, or as I say, Google or Dropbox, then you can actually access that really easily from any, any other device. So I recommend that. And then what you do is you create a library of those videos, and then you reference them to and what we do is we have a class plan, a structured class plan. You can reference that video to that particular class plan. And that is really, I think, uh, a great tip to effectively and quickly go through your class planning and pull what you need back. Then what I suggest that you do is my next tip is really to mix it up. You don't need to create an entire new class to make your classes feel fresh and new. You can really make yesterday's class new and exciting just with a few quick changes. What you can do is you can flip the order of your exercises. So, for example, did the order of your exercises go from lower body to upper body? So, how about you go from upper body to lower body. And just by doing that and rearranging the order, that will really make the class feel fresh and new. So you don't have to choreograph a whole new set of uh, exercises at all. You just need to kind of flip them around and really, really mix it up. And also doing songs in the same order, in a certain order every time, can really make your students know exactly what's coming up next. So change that up too. There is really an element of surprise there that will really keep your class uh, participants on their toes and totally engaged. And it really only takes a few minutes to mix it up. So by changing the order of your exercises, by just changing your music order, your playlist order, and that can really keep your participants on their toes and it will make the class feel completely fresh and new. And so what I also do, as I said, is you can go through your library of lesson plans and you can create a new class just by going through your library of the lesson plans that you've got and picking one exercise from a previous lesson plan and one from another and just really mixing that up as well so that you're not having to reinvent new exercises you're just taking from one that uh, a class plan that you devised say four months ago and then taking one from a class plan that you devised um, a month ago and just really mixing it up so my next tip is yep mix it up and that will really help to keep your class very very fresh and then the next thing that you can do is you can also add a prop 
And this works really great for you in Bally Befit classes. You can simply really add a piece of equipment you're using and you can perform the same exercise. For example, uh, if you perform a series of exercises at the bar, then you could do those exact same exercises using a small hand weight or ankle weights or even a resistance band. And by doing that, you've just made the um, exercise different. So what I recommend is add a prop to some of those exercises. And what I've also done as well is when I've done a series of exercises at the bar, I've also then taken them into the center. So that actually creates a completely different element too. So you can do a dozen things with the same exercise by adding a prop. So hand weights, resistant bands, taking the bar exercise into the center um, and really doing ankle weights as well. You can really create a different exercise using the same exercises. So that's something that I would recommend to do too. So that's another tip there is add a prop. Does anybody have any questions at this stage? It's great to see you all on here. If you've got any questions throughout, just please just say hi and feel free to ask and I'll try and answer the questions as we go through. So it's great to have you all on here. Okay, so the next tip that I have for you tonight is play with your playlists. Now, doing different playlists and making it fresh is really important and it makes it current. So if you keep playing the same play with, uh, playlists week after week, your participants they really are going to get bored and they are actually going to switch off because the classes are going to feel really stale. So what I have found helpful for my Ballybifit classes is to always have one new song on my playlist. And even if, you know, it's as simple as a new warm-up or a cool-down, my clients know that there's always something else and something new to look forward to. So you can use the same choreography, you're just using a different song, and that works really well, and it just keeps the class really, really fresh. And it does actually work particularly well for warm-ups with, you know, with a limited choreography. So... You know, if you're doing a similar warm-up each each week or three times a week, just to uh, change it with a new song will really just keep it completely current. And listen to what music's current at that you know at the moment as well, and that will really keep things very fresh and exciting. And as I said earlier don't play songs in a particular order really shake it up move it around play with your playlists and as i say always add in new songs and what is a really good tip here is you can go to um a site called yesco and it's absolutely fantastic it's it's an app and what that actually allows you to do you can actually 
create really quickly a new mix for a class. But also what you can do is you can actually uh, search and uh, for a, a song by beats per minute too. So it's a fantastic app and it's called Yesco. And it is so quick and easy to use and it really enables you to uh, make a really quick, nice, fresh playlist. So um, I love that app and I would really recommend it. If the team could just kind of put that in the um, chat box, that would be great. It's called Yes Go Music. And it's, as I say, it's absolutely fantastic for really um, adjusting. And yes, actually what you can do as well is if you've got a particular exercise, you can actually adjust the tempo too of the music. So say you've got a really slow cool down that you're doing and there's one particular uh, song that you really like. With Yesco, you can actually uh, uh, reduce the tempo of that so you can really slow it down so you can really use that app to create a fantastic playlist yes joanna it's yes go but it's got a capital uh, g so it's yes with a capital g and go and it's all all one word so it's a really good app to use so uh, we've now got the link on there for you guys as well. So that is something that I would really recommend for you. Now, the next thing that you can do is you can play with tempo. So you can actually change and vary the speed of your exercises. And what this does is it changes the stresses actually placed on the muscles and can completely change the feel of an exercise. Let me say, for example, you could slow down a plie, a plie squat. You could do this by uh, doing a slower tempo. So you could go on, on the way down. You could go two counts down, and then you could do two counts up. And then what you could do is you could mix it up. So it's four counts down, and then the two counts are up. And then what you could do is you could take it to five counts down and then back up for one and then perhaps you might want to put um, a rise in for the other two to make it an eight count phrase but by doing that you're mixing up that plie, plie squat with uh, within the class planning so you're just changing it so it's one two up two down two up two and then down for four and up for two down for four and up for two and then down for five one two three, four, five, up, one, rise, up, two, and down. And by doing that, you're changing the tempo, but you're doing exactly the same movement. And by doing this, it will change the feel of the, uh, of the movement, of the exercise. And if you go really slow, and perhaps actually you want to hold it, uh, the position in the plie squat, you are really going to focus, for example, on that exercise, you'd be focusing really on the glutes and the quadriceps. And by doing this, you are being really creative with your phrasing, you're being really creative with the um, planning that you're doing within your classes, but also you're being really creative in how you're bringing more stimulation to the body and the muscles. And by doing that, without actually changing the movement or the actual exercise, it will have a really good impact on uh, the uh, muscle groups for your participants and they're really going to see a difference. So 
I really kind of um, hope that gives you some great ideas in terms of how you can adapt and change your exercises. If anybody has any questions, that would be uh, really good to hear. Just keep putting them in the chat box. It's really important to think about um, your tempo of the movements. So as I said about the plie squat, think about if you're doing a body bra, you might want to um, really slow that down. So you're actually getting your um, uh, clients to feel the movement. And, and so that you're taking a body bra and a, an arm exercise, and you're just changing the flow, you're changing the tempo, and it will really change the dynamics of your class. So if anybody's got any questions, it would be great to hear from them. Um, hi there. Hi. Um, so keep popping those questions in. Right. So what I've been doing is I have been talking about planning a class. But what I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to introduce you. I'm going to introduce you to Alison and Alison has been doing I'll just stop before I do that I'll just stop sharing uh, this screen with you just bear with me stop screen there you go so um, you can hopefully now see me I'm going to introduce Alison and Alison is one of our Bally Befit instructors and I'm just going to uh, really have a chat with her about her experiences with class planning and and her experiences with uh, Bally Befit so just bear with me while um, I get uh, Alison onto the stream. Hi, Alison. Hi. 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 We can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Hi. That's good. So, Alison, obviously, we've just been talking about class planning. Um, what sort of tips would you give everybody, and what have you experienced when you've been take, taking your Ballet Befit classes, your group exercising classes? What kind of tips um, would you like to kind of offer? Well, what I usually do is I usually have sort of a routine that I keep for sort of six weeks. Um, and in that, I keep music fresh. So um, I tend to go for music that my participants like as well. So the studio participants that I know, I get to know what sort of music they like. And I try and include that in the playlist with a few modern tracks. I keep yeah. a similar routine for sort of six weeks with the music. And then after that, I change it, which they like. They don't like it if they have the same routine for too long. I also um, vary the routines with speed. So we might start off when we first do a routine with just the basic exercises, but then over the course of the six weeks, we play with the speed to speed it up, slow it down, and so it makes it harder. And then when we change the routine again, they've got different routines and different exercises in a different order of exercises. Yeah. Therefore, they think it's harder, and it's and it's just increasing the intensity and increasing and decreasing the speed to make it harder as we go through the six weeks and then it, then it's fresh again when we change the routines yeah so as we've been saying you you work on changing tempo yeah. to, to create more stress on on particular muscles and and the uh, your clients really feel yeah. feel the difference and obviously gain the benefits there the thing that i tend to change on a weekly basis is if we do floor work we i don't always work the same floor work each week so you get a range of different muscle groups over the course of a week so they never know really what floor work we're going to do but then i do have different some classes i don't do floor work i have a, a ballet fit light class 
which tend to be an older participant and we don't do floor work in that what we do is we do a few different dances so i might put um a different dance different order of dance tracks in each week so they have a few favorites and then we tend to put a new one in there every now and again okay and how have you obviously uh, it's been kind of really crazy times how have you dealt with uh delivery of your classes because i know obviously you've you've gone you've gone virtual you've gone online you're delivering uh online classes how how have you found that and if you could just sort of share the differences there in terms of how you've planned your classes and, and to a certain extent how you've delivered them yeah very steep learning curve of course until lockdown i've not delivered anything online um the difference is First was the music, because the music licensing is different online. You can't just use music that you would use in the studio. So around that, I've bought in music. So I've bought um, Pure Energy. They do arrange what is suitable for online. So okay. that's, again, you can um, buy that for uh, with the set beats per minute. So you're not having to scramble around for different beats per minute. So I've used quite a lot of that um, in the time. And also there's different websites that you can go on where the music licensing is um, where they've got music-free, license-free music. Um, Royalty-free music. Royalty yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've just got to basically, sometimes you've just got to put a link on your page to, to say whose music it is. Um, so that, that's been the main thing. Also the insurance side of things, because you've got to be very careful with the insurance, because not all insurers um, insure you for online. And some insurers insure you for live online, but they don't... Um, ensure you video so you really need to check your insurance and also you have to um, say a disclaimer each time you do the class because it's very different because you sometimes you don't know your participants um which you always tend to get to know your participants in yeah. the studio you have a park you but you don't have that online um also you've got to consider the environment that the participants are working in so tell them that they need something on a fee and they, what sort of floor they're working on and also that they don't knock into anything. Um, I've had to adapt a lot of my routines. To oh, can you hear me still? Um, I've had to do uh, yeah. adapt a lot to do in a small yeah. space because yeah. you're, in a, you're fitting into a screen rather than into a studio um, and be aware of your surroundings because obviously they can see what's behind you so it needs to look tidy and it needs to look professional yeah absolutely and it's it's really difficult because you've got to think about kind of where you're placing your camera as well haven't you because yes, you've got it. to make sure that they can see as much of your body parts as as possible yeah. and that that can be quite hard to, to do with yeah yeah it is tricky because they also need to see your feet that's the thing and when you've got your feet showing you don't need to be cutting your head off so you've got to be very careful particularly <laughs> Plies because obviously you're rising, so you, they can't see your arms sometimes when you do plies. Uh, so you've got to be very, very careful with your camera placement and uh, have a few goes at setting up and get a, a place where you can, where your laptop or your computer, or whatever it is you're using, your camera um, shows you in the right place because it is hard. And also from going from standing to floor work, that can also be different as well because yeah. what I can see standing you might be fine standing, but when you get onto the floor, you're just a tiny speck on the floor. So camera placement is really, really important. Very, very different teaching online to teaching in studio. Very different. Yeah, 
do you find you go um, slower with your delivery on on uh, on your virtual classes? Yes, uh, I do. Yeah. I do go slower, and I think I do put more explanation in because I can't see mistakes or if I'm on zoom I can but you can't see mistakes as easily so I tend to go a bit more overboard with the technique so it is slower um, yeah. yeah definitely yeah and more, more time spent explaining so that people get it right um, and exaggeration of, of your own body you know making sure you're in the right position and things you really sort of exaggerate that you need to how you need to stand and where your body weight should because it's not as obvious when you're not in person no absolutely because that's where i think um when we've been talking about the class planning here is that if you change if you've got an exercise say we are doing the plie say we are doing the plie squat if you can keep it still it more in in one position and you're changing the tempo and you're changing you, so you might be doing some pulses in the plie or as we said you know as we were saying earlier changing the counts that is easier for someone to follow on a virtual class because you're not putting a lot of tricky choreography in there in the same way and it's focusing on the technique they're definitely going to feel the burn just just as oh, they would definitely in studio but you're not having it because that's what what I found when delivering a virtual class is you've really got to think about making the choreography a little bit more straightforward and making sure it's formatted in a way that visually they can can get because we've got to imagine as well that they might be looking through a phone for example so they can't quite see you as much um, and you know, the phone is at a certain angle and, and everything so it is quite important to simplify the moves but mix it up with tempo and uh, the dynamics of the exercise really. Also, I think as well, because you don't know your participants, you don't always know who they are, you tend to be slower than offering more alternatives than you maybe would in a normal class because, because, because they're, they're, uh, you're not sure on their abilities, you don't want to underwork them. So I tend to, if I'm slowing an exercise down, I do remind them that they don't have to do it as slow as me. They can speed it up to make it easier. So that's... Um, something that I might not necessarily do in one of my normal classes where I know my participants, I would know their abilities and I could judge from when I was doing, when I'm delivering the class as to whether it's at their fitness capability yeah. or not. So that's that's the main difference I would say, is just your delivery and your explanation has to be to all levels because you don't know those participants. Yeah, no, you don't know the same. And what I'm going to do now, thank you, Alison. Please, obviously, stay where you are. I'm going to bring Adele. Uh, Adele's just joining us now, and Adele's another Bally Befit instructor. I'm going to just bring uh, Adele on too, so we can continue really just to, uh, asking Adele how she also plans the classes and um, just seeing how, you know, it's good to hear another uh, point of view as well. So just bear with me while I just uh, add uh, Adele in. Um, hi Adele. Hi, how are you? We're good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Hi Alison, nice to see hi. you. I was listening to um, 
your conversation then and I completely agree with so much of what you've just been saying having having taught lots of virtual and in studio classes it, it really resonates so much with some of the things you were saying about how all of a sudden you have no head when you're standing up <laughs> and then the next minute you have no feet so I know I've, you have to really play around with the position don't you of your of your yeah. camera and your mat and then your bar and it's, it's just fascinating it's been a really interesting learning curve I think for many of us over the the last few weeks I would say yes and I think we're beginning to um it has been a learning curve but I think now the the participants our clients are more comfortable using the tech as well I think you're getting more I think you're getting more engagement in your virtual classes. I think at first, it, the tech alone was something new to so many people that uh, you know are used to an in-studio class. Then they've got to think, oh, I've got this, I've got this link. What what do I do with this this link that suddenly arrived? And yeah. and I think at first it felt, um, you know, I know some uh, of my participants felt like it was a little bit of an intrusion in their own surroundings, joining into a, a virtual online class. But I actually think now it's become, well, it, it, it's the norm, isn't it? So I think Absolutely. as the more, you know, the, uh, more confident uh, with that. I mean, Adele, for yourself, what tips would you sort of say for whether that's an in-studio or a virtual class in terms of class planning? What tips, you know, would you like to like to share with with who's listening tonight yeah i think um, everything obviously that you've both just been discussing previously um i found that tips for me say absolutely make sure that you have your space ready to go um and i was listening to what, how you were saying about have nothing in the way that you can trip over i taught a few classes where people are extending their legs and their feet getting stuck underneath a bed or a cupboard so making sure you have space that you do a little practice before you go ahead and, and come into the class and I think for class planning from, from my perspective um, from an instructor's point of view is knowing that they're going to have limited amount of space compared to how they would in the studio and also slightly different equipment too so depending on whether they don't if they may be in a studio where they had either the portable bars and or they had fixed bars at the wall, knowing now that a lot of people won't have that, they'll have a, a chair back to use or they'll have a, a fireplace or a low windowsill. Um, I've used, I've been fortunate that I've bought my portable bar from the studio I teach in, but sometimes when I'm moving from one side to the other to make it flow better, I've used my kitchen surface and it's a slightly different height yeah so all of a sudden you're thinking okay i can't rest my arms here i have to change my position so it's making sure that whatever you're using as your bar prop is stable when i first started teaching virtually i did have to remind a few people don't have a chair that has wheels please because i've seen a couple of incidences where you're asking when you explain that you rest your hands lightly on the bar it's it's like a dance partner it's not there yeah. to support you it's there to guide you so you feel safe and you have to explain even more please don't push anything that is likely to move because it can have slight implications on where you end up in the space you're in so it's just being mindful of what you're using as as your prop or your bar and yeah just being as you were saying very aware of the space around you so when i my virtual classes which obviously we've been doing for quite a while 
it's knowing that the moves that I add in, they're going to be fluid enough that they feel like they're getting the same benefits yeah. they do in a studio, but it's not so big that they have to stop, change direction, continue with their move. They can do a lovely, beautiful PA, turn and do an arabesque, come and do an attitude, do a tendu forward side and back without having to actually move their bar, change around too often so they can stay quite fluent in their movement, I think is, is important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it, when you use chairs, when you use your work surfaces for uh, you know, as, a, as a bar, what, what's great about that is that you're actually demonstrating to your clients that they can work out at home. You don't need all this, uh, you know, you don't need to fork out on all this equipment. The back of a chair without wheels will, <laughs> will work, will work. And a work, yeah, a work surface is, is absolutely fine. And that's the same with in-studio as well. And that's something that, you know, as an instructor, if you if you're going into a space particularly and you know it's difficult sometimes if there's not a bar in a, a church hall or wherever you are you can use window sills to deliver some of your exercises and it's great actually because with a ballet bar we tend to absolutely cling on to that and we don't actually really think about the posture and the balance quite the same so we've learned to adapt and i think that that's uh the key to it and actually take it as as a benefit so um what i want to say is there anything you know i'm, I'm going to move on in a minute is there anything in terms of class planning or anything that you'd like to both sh both share further um tonight um i think, I it's think just a <laughs> <laughs> so keen to talk i think it, it is it's thinking about everything you've just discussed and also absolutely talking about when you're planning the class, we know we're going to have different abilities coming in. And I heard you both talking about making sure you have pre-screening, it's going to be very different, having disclaimers. And when you're coming to the different ability students coming in, you don't want anyone to feel they can't join because they may not have done it before. So it's having a move that you can modify, but you can easily progress also, and you can give them that quick transition whilst they don't feel as though, oh, well, I have to wait until that particular arabesque combination has finished for me to be able to join in there's always an option i think and i think it's more so important now on a virtual basis if you are inviting in and having students join you who you haven't met previously that you have that option because in studio it's a little easier to slow the class down break down the move but when you are as you said either on a tiny screen and you're focusing really intently it's going to be harder to really break everything down so specifically that they can see it in such clarity and you want to make sure that they've got a clear enough simple enough move that they can modify but also make it progressive if they need to so it's just yeah. having that at the back of your mind i think and knowing that everybody should feel welcome and nobody should feel as though they have to have been dancing for years in order to do it because i know that isn't the aim of, of the um, or the ethos behind the Ballet Be Fit classes. It is accessible for everybody. So I think it's important that people are aware of that as well. Absolutely, because that is this is the whole Ballet Be Fit is about 
a ballet-inspired fitness class that you do not have had, you know, had to do any ballet at all because we break it down and it is fitness with ballet-inspired and it is for absolutely anybody who wants to enjoy music, movement and get fit at the same time, be that in studio or or virtually, you know, so uh, absolutely. So, Alison, if you just would like to sort of share with us. Yeah, yeah, Bill mentioned flow. And I think that's one of the most important things in both the studio and online is that the exercises flow, that you're not constantly swapping directions and you're not going from floor to, to standing, that your exercises flow. So you might start off with a plie and then you might change position of that plie and then you might take one leg off the floor with the plie and sort of a gradual um, change between exercises. So that's important both for online and for studio, but particularly important online because you don't want the participant to be having to swap direction and turn away from the screen so you I tend to when I'm working online face one direction all the time and we'll work both legs in one direction and then change the side of the bar and then work both legs on the other side of the bar so that I'm not swapping my participant about and it has a clear flow mm -hmm. um, because I think that can really put people off especially if they're new to the exercise if there's a lot of change uh, changing around and position it, that can be confusing absolutely yeah. just got a couple of um questions here so um i'll, I'll ask adele this one so mm -hmm. if you're doing a six week <laughs> a little question for you here if you're doing a structure of a class for say a six week structure yeah. and you're having new people come in mm -hmm. how do you adapt to that how do you deal with that in your class planning yeah, so with my class planning, I would always have, um, I think it's important for anybody who's doing any um, dance-based movement, because like, as we say, they may not have had any previous, previous experience, to have some similarity, some continuity of some section of that class. So they're getting used to the same moves every single week. So for example, if you're starting with your warm-up to make it similar, so you have your similar basic moves. So person who's coming in maybe perhaps into week two for example or week three they don't feel as though they're way behind because everybody is going to be repeating the same kind of movements in order to get that movement really ingrained into their body and then I feel that I would say I wouldn't ever specify all oh, the people who are just joining us because that can make people feel uncomfortable but I would structure it in a way that they are able to to take the foundation of a move as you were saying with um, a PA you can say in a, in a basic plie, come down to a grand plie, and just allow them the option that either stay on the foundation move, the basic move, or you can move on to a slightly more progressive, and clearly give the options at the beginning of the move that you're going to do. So if they haven't done it before, they can watch you a couple of times doing that movement, and then they can see you demonstrate a slightly more progressive movement. And I tend to switch in and out of the different levels as well. So I'll go back to yeah. the version, and then I'll show again the progressive version. So whatever level they're at, they can join in. And also, I always say to my class participants, you may have been doing this for, for the six weeks, but today your body just may not feel as it did last week. So it doesn't matter whether you lift your legs high today as you did last time. You have to just work 
in the, the, the moment you're in and be present in your moment today. Yeah. And your leg isn't going to lift like it did before. Don't let it, don't force it, just allow it to be in the position it's in. And I think that's important to emphasize for all of them anyway, because I think people like to really push themselves, which I appreciate, but you want them to understand that it's something that is meant to benefit them, not for them to work to the point where they feel discomfort. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. my main my main way, I feel, just to make them feel as though they haven't missed out and they're not holding people up either, because I wouldn't want for them to feel that way. No, absolutely. And then I've got a quick question for you, Alison. Have you considered uh, ever, or do you, um, take any of your classes outside? Especially, you know, at the moment, that's quite British weather, though, a bit difficult. Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't actually considered outside. Um, just due to the fact that I can't, you can't guarantee what the floor is going to be like. I think that's my my main issue for outside. So no, I haven't actually considered taking it outside. What I have done to make it a bit different online is because obviously people are using a chair and not a bar. I've brought the chair into the workout, so we might have done a bit of seated exercise um, just yeah. to mix it up a bit and make it a little bit different. And that's been particularly popular with the older participants because. Um, they don't like doing floor work so no. using a chair has been brilliant for that because they've got a chance to do a little bit of turning work but using the chair so uh, yeah definitely i think seated work you know you think about just making sure for for older uh older participants if the uh on the chair and even just lifting the leg up slightly and then lowering it back down and thinking about the engagement of the core that instantly gets it just the same as doing doing the crunches which you know that's difficult for them if, if you know there's an issue with the you know the hip or, or whatever just to do that and even you know just to be thinking about where the, the posture is and it doesn't even have to be a, a great height with lifting lifting the leg uh, and seated but it, it really does it can really really work so yeah for sure i i love seated work yeah it's been quite nice for the stretches as well um, yeah, just to get a different stretch in there. So particularly with hamstrings, yeah. we always seem to be a stretch for hamstrings. So to get them on a chair is quite nice. Yes, yes, definitely. So what I'd like to say now is, well, thank you first of all for joining me tonight. And Alison, if you first of all would just like to say where you're teaching your classes and where people can find. Uh, find you and uh, join your virtual, your in-studio, if you could just share that with us, that would be uh, great. Thank you. Yeah, I teach classes in Skipton and Keithley. You can access my classes uh, or details of my classes by going online uh, on Facebook. Um, to my uh, Facebook is Alison Arley, Exercise Consultant. I can look for Exercise Consultancy. And in Skipton, I teach classes at Skipton Health and Fitness. So my virtual classes are on there. Um, web page and they actually have an on-demand service so you don't have to log in at a specific time they are on demand so you can uh, log in and sign up to uh, a class whenever you want um, and then Keithley I teach in studio and on online as well but that's Facebook and it's it is a live class okay that's great 
yeah the details are in the chat uh in the chat box so anybody who wants to join Alison in Skipton and virtually uh all the details are now in the chat box and you can also go to the Ballyby Fit website and if you go to uh find a class you can actually look at a map and locate an instructor so Adele Alison thank you thank you so much Adele if you'd like to just tell the guys out there where where you teach and uh, when you teach and that'd be great thank you yes yeah, so I teach in um, the Hampton Court area Thames Ditton area in Surrey so it's not it's not far from London Kingston probably is one of the closest towns that most people might be aware of um, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and my link is Pure Body by Adele. And my website is the same. It's purebodybyadele.co.uk. And um, I'm teaching my, my virtual classes. So you can find out information by, by looking on my website link as well. And when we are finally back in studio, which will be on September for the studio that I'm working in, then we'll be able to find me in a class in the um, Old Cranleyan Club in Thames Ditton, which is in Surrey. You can find me there and again on their finder coach through the website okay okay well thank you so much for joining me tonight it's been an absolute pleasure and you've really um provided some really insightful tips and uh for us in terms of how you plan your classes how you deliver uh, the classes and also your experiences at this in these times so thank you ever so much and um I'm sure I'll be chatting with you both very soon. So I'm going to say bye, bye now. And thank you. Nice to see you. Yeah, lovely to see you too. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye. Okay. So uh, just, again, an absolute massive thank you to Alison and Adele there for joining us tonight. So before we wrap up, each month, what I really want to give you is a practical takeaway that you can implement right now. So what we've been talking about tonight is we've been talking about class planning. So we're going to take that a little bit further. I'd like to think uh, that you would consider about thinking about your planning of your day and about planning your morning and really setting everything up so you've got that success during the day and success for yourself in your business. Because what we do is we tend to, and we can do, we can feel and, and run around feeling stressed uh, about everything that we've got to accomplish, that we've got to do. So what I'd really like you to think about doing is setting aside some time in the morning to really get your mindset right and get start getting just set up and prepared for the day. And if you have to, you might not like it, perhaps consider getting up just slightly earlier every day. And in Hal Elroyd's book, which is The Miracle Morning, he actually recommends that uh, you spend 10 minutes on six important activities, which are meditation, which is journaling, reading, affirmations, visualization, and exercise. Now, if an hour isn't really realistic for you, what you can do is you can really start small. So what you can do is you can start spending five minutes, say, in meditation and 10 minutes writing down 
your most important goals and starting your day on a well on a positive note it really can do wonders for your mindset and your stress levels so that will really help as you go about your day so some of my favorite activities and how, how I start my day is I start my day with meditation. And research really says that meditation is really just, it's good for both our mental and our physical health. Just by sitting quietly for five minutes really can reduce stress and it helps um, your attention uh, and focus. So it helps improve decision-making and it helps um, in terms of uh, problem solving as well. So if you're a little new to meditation, please don't let it scare you. Simply just set a timer, um, say on your phone for five minutes and just sit quietly. Focus on your breath and try to really lengthen your inhale, uh, inhaling and lengthen exhaling as well. And when you notice your mind wandering, and it will, just gently bring your breath back again and just refocus. And over time, what you'll find is it will become easier for you to actually sit in stillness for longer periods. And it really does just help to set you up. It sets me up for the day. It helps me focus. It actually helps me align with the goals and what I want to achieve for the day. And that brings me on to the next thing that I like to do is I like to set an intention for the day. So what I like to do is I like to really think about what I want to achieve each day. And I visualize that going so smoothly and going you know, uh, really working for me and going perfectly. So focus on your attention and really don't let um, unessential tasks distract you. Focus on what you want to achieve, what your goal is for the day, what your intention is, and that really will help you uh, reach a successful outcome. So I like to do meditation with setting an intention for the day, which is always for me, this is going to be an absolutely amazing day. I'm going to have a good day. And that really helps me remove any negative thoughts that I might have. So you can do that looking in a mirror. Uh, and it really does, it really does work. So that's what I'd like you to take away. And also what I'd like you to take away is uh, gratitude. Every morning, just write down three things that you're grateful for. And this really can help transform your mindset. It can really help improve your health because you're actually thinking about what's good. You're actually thinking about what you're grateful for. And at the end of the day, just return to your journal and just write down what things went well too and keep that up. So the takeaway for today is I'd like you to do uh, meditation, set a goal, set an intention for the day, do an affirmation. This is going to be an amazing day. Everything is going to be great. Write down three things that you are grateful for. And then at the end of the day, write down things that actually went well. And by doing this, you're really going to find that you are more focused, you are more energized, and everything is just going to feel uh, that you've got more clarity with what you do. 
so that's that's me finished thank you so so much for joining me tonight on rachel talks technique episode two class planning what you can do is don't forget to share this like this subscribe this will be going up onto the youtube channel so you can always see it uh, again and i hope you join us next time for our next episode episode three which will be on the 27th of august at 7 p.m british summertime where i'm actually going to talk about effective ways to deliver a fitness class so it really is a good night from me and a good night on Ballyby Fit and thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it and we appreciate you so thank you so much so thanks Alison thanks Adele thanks everybody please like share subscribe and I'll see you real soon thank you thanks for tuning in to Rachel Talks Technique be sure to visit balletbefit.co.uk to join the conversation, access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. Join us next time for more tips and techniques. Bye for now.